You know, I think as wrestling fans, we're just all inherently a little cynical. We're all just waiting to see who's working me here, brother. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, in my real life, I really am Conrad, the mortgage guy. I really do love helping our listeners save money and get out of debt faster and really achieve their financial goals, not just short-term, but long-term. And listen, these days in America, there's like two types of folks, right? Families who have a little extra month at the end of the money. And then of course there's the folks who are doing okay right now, but man, I sure do wish they could get to their long-term goals of retirement or being debt-free a lot faster. No matter what your situation is, we can help at SaveWithConrad.com. See what Roger said here in Bartlett, Tennessee. He left us a five-star review and it read, Always the skeptic. I'm not prone to do things on a whim or just because I heard it on a wrestling podcast. But the more I learned about First Family Mortgage, the more I saw on social media about the incredible results, combined with our stagnant but still growing credit card debt, I knew I had to do something. Derek answered all of our questions and calmed our fears. We had some work to do on our end, but once done, it was the smoothest stress-free process I could imagine. Now I can afford adfreeshows.com. Hey, shout out to you, Roger. And we're going to hook you up with a free subscription to adfreeshows.com. I greatly appreciate your business and certainly your five-star review, but man, listen, if you're like Roger, I get it. I'm not doing this. This is my house. I'm not going to put that in the hands of the podcast guy. I like his podcast, but I'm not letting him touch my house. I get it, man. But what if I could help? Let's just run the numbers. Find out right now for free how much you can save at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. If you've got credit card debt, hurry to savewithconrad.com. You know, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and moms are the most special people in the world. My mom means everything to me. She was the one I won an Olympic gold medal in 1996. But you can't exactly get your mom a gold medal for Mother's Day. But you know what you can get her? A gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. The gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers is the perfect gift. These are beautiful. They last forever and come with a lifetime warranty. It doesn't need water and never dies. They have a lot of different types, too. You might go with a rose gold dip rose. How about a platinum dip rose? So many choices. And it even comes with a personalized gift message. You could write a message like, Hi, Mom. Thanks for watching me win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Love, Kurt. Okay, maybe not that, but you get the idea. You've heard about them for years, right? I hate Steven Singer ads, billboards, and I hate stevensinger.com. Let me tell you more about them. Steven Singer jewelers are real jewelers, selling real jewelry and, yes, real roses. They have a real brick-and-mortar store in Philadelphia, and they do everything through that store. So when you call them, you're speaking to someone at their store in Philly, not at a call center. I like dealing with Steven Singer Jewelers because there are no gimmicks. They have the perfect prize every day. There aren't any sales, codes, discounts. Basically, there's no BS. It's true. No, really, I'm not just saying my catchphrase here. It's actually true. You'll be happy you bought from Steven Singer Jewelers. They've got top value and quality. They treat their customers great. They're upfront people. Visit IHateStevenSinger.com 
or just go to Google and type in Steven Singer. Spell just like it sounds. Give your wife, girlfriend, mother, daughter, grandma, or anyone else in your life a gift that will last forever with Steven Singer Jewelers. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. This is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. Pretty cool name, huh? I came up with it myself. <laughs> we have an awesome show planned for you today. We'll be, we'll be covering my match with Chris Benoit at Backlash in 2001. It was an ultimate submission match. And the man that's going to make it happen is a man that's never tapped out in his entire career, <laughs> my co-host, Conrad Thompson. How you doing today, Conrad? I'm good, dude. I'm excited to be with you. Excited to be talking about another event from 20 years ago. This doesn't feel like 20 years ago to me. This feels like 10 or 15, I don't know, maybe 15, but I remember this match <laughs> very well. Does it feel like it's been 20 years to you, Kurt? No, time flew by very quickly. I, I can't believe it's actually been 20 years. That's incredible. Well, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, let's start with some news and notes. It's in the Ross report. That you had a stinger on the April 23rd raw here in 2001, and you had numbness and tingling in your shoulder, but you're going to work through it the next day. And supposedly it goes together or goes away later in the week. Uh, I believe the match was a uh, tag team submission match with you and Regal against Jericho and Benoit. Do you remember this? Is this maybe the first inclination of some of those neck injuries reappearing in professional wrestling? Well, it could have been, I mean, you don't know for a, a long period of time, whether it, it wore and tore in your neck, but at that particular time, I didn't have a real bad neck injury. It was just the stinger went down my arm. I got it from whiplash from bumping and I, it only lasted a couple of days, but you never know. It could, you know, that could have been the start of my next neck injury. We've heard a lot about, um, these really terrible stingers that have happened in wrestling where guys just for a moment, because obviously, as they say, this isn't ballet, they worry or wonder, uh, am I paralyzed? Does that even cross your mind when you have a stinger initially? Like, oh gosh, I can't feel this or that, or not so much. Well, the first thing is the pain. It's okay. really painful to get a stinger. And, uh, you know, the pain runs down your arm or both arms or whatever. It's, it's a, a, a bit unbearable. So. Uh, after dealing with that, yeah, you have a concern that you might have a neck injury. 
And, you know, the first thing you can do is just ice it. And after icing, you'll find out if you have the injury or not, because if you do have an injury, you're going to lose strength in your arms. If you don't have an injury, you're going to keep your strength. And that's pretty much how neck injuries occur or how, how you know you have one. Well, let's talk about how we know there's going to be a problem in Vince McMahon's life. The XFL seems to be in even greater jeopardy. It comes out that UPN is seriously considering dropping season two. I know you didn't play for the XFL, but I am curious behind the scenes. Could you see the stress getting to Vince? I think Bruce has said on his show before that Vince's sort of MO is never let him see you sweat. Could you tell that Vince was stressed about the XFL or that maybe he was pulled a little thin in this era? No, you couldn't tell. He, he always compartmentalized, uh, his work. So he never let XFL get involved in WWE. He never let WWE get involved with the XFL, but when the XFL, when he first started it, he was very excited and he was talking about it quite a bit and some of the advantages he would have over the NFL, some ideas he had. And, uh, so when the season started continuing on and the ratings were dropping, he never talked about it anymore and he never let it affect his work. He was very professional in WWE. He was always focused on our product. The old school mentality in wrestling is all oh, the promoters are always trying to find a way to screw the boys. I'm not saying that's factual, but certainly there were a lot of guys in the industry who felt that way when the rumor starts that, Hey man, this XFL thing isn't going well. Do you remember some of the old vets and you don't have to name names starting to sort of spread the rumor of, oh, here it comes. They're going to start messing with our money. Cause, uh, if Vince is losing money, so will we, was that type of talk present at all? Yes, there was definitely a concern that when the XFL fell through, you know, the WWE or Vince McMahon lost a lot of money in that project. So, you know, you, you think about what's going to happen in the future are the pay-per-view buys going to, you know, are you going to get paid as much, right? Uh, if they continue to have strong pay-per-view buys, uh, if you continue to sell out houses, are you going to get paid as much? So it was a concern because, you know, I think he lost over a hundred million dollars in the XFL that year. You know, next month is a special anniversary, the anniversary of when Kurt Angle lost his hair. You remember uh, edge gave him a little trim there at judgment day in Nashville. It's too bad that Kurt didn't know about keeps, but he does know about keeps now. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. More than 50 million men in the United States suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two, two FDA approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, stress free way to keep your hair. Thankfully, you don't have to wrestle edge for it. You get a convenient virtual doctor consultation and medications all delivered straight to your door every three months. And you don't even have to leave your home. This is also a low cost opportunity for you. Treatments start at just $10 per month and keeps offers generic versions. You get discreet packaging and proven results and keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see those results. So you need to act fast. And if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, Go to keeps.com slash Kurt to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E P P S.com slash Kurt to get your first month for free. That's keeps.com forward slash Kurt 
That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Kurt. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Kurt. And uh, let's celebrate a happy anniversary when you made a decision to keep more of your own hair at keeps.com slash Kurt. It's a gargantuan investment and a major loss. Uh, I know that those numbers have been debated, but what there is no debate about is that WrestleMania 17 did very well. The preliminary buy rate comes in at 900,000 buys. Ultimately it winds up being more than a million, which makes it the largest non-boxing pay-per-view in history, uh, between the gate and the merch sales and the pay-per-view it's $40.6 million, uh, the biggest show in history. So, you know, when you, when you sort of reconcile that in your head, Kurt, on the one hand, his football business is really taking it in the pants. But now this wrestling business, it's never better. It's sort of the best of times, the worst of times, right? Oh, it was awesome. The business was great. Money was coming in for everybody. Everybody was happy. It was just a exciting time in the business. And, you know, we were just riding a wave as long as we could ride it, uh, ride it because, you know, the business goes in cycles. It gets hot, then it cools off, then it gets hot, it cools off. So we were riding that train and all, all the way till the end. <laughs> until it wasn't there anymore. And, you know, business never really, uh, bottomed out. I mean, you know, got to a concern where we weren't doing as well, but I think that business is still strong. Let's talk a little bit about, um, some things the company was trying here. They were sending top talent to work regional shows, including the developmental territory in Memphis and Meltzer would note that that was going to change soon. But not before you and Ben can hook it up on April 18th for Memphis championship wrestling. You're the main event. There's like 4,000 fans there, which is a monster house for any indie Eight house. Yes. Uh, Benoit gets the win by DQ. What was it like wrestling in the Memphis territory here? Not necessarily the studio show, but this time with Memphis championship wrestling. Well, Memphis championship wrestling had such a great tradition. I mean, they, they went for what, 30 years, really strong. I mean, they, they had a, a great reputation and, you know, Jerry Lawler was the face of it. And, uh, you know, it was kind of cool to go down there and, uh, you know, having a turnout of 4,000 fans at a small promotion is incredibly successful. So uh, we didn't mind going down there as long as the crowds were, uh, you know, uh, full, you know, the arenas were full and, uh, we, we were able to perform for fans, you know, not just 50 fans or hundred fans, but 4,000 fans. That was awesome. Uh, Meltzer would report around this same time, the Saturday morning tradition of Memphis studio wrestling, which dates back more than three decades will continue in some form for at least two more months, but the final live show may have taken place over the weekend. Um, you spent a little bit of time down there. Did you watch any of the old Memphis stuff? I mean, when you're going through your training, does anybody hand you a, a box of tapes or DVDs or what have you? And Hey, this is uh, something you need to learn about. And there's old Memphis stuff on there. Or did you just hear about it? No, I just heard about it. I, I didn't watch wrestling back then. And you know, I, when I was trying to play catch up, when I signed with WWE in 1998, I was watching more of the modern wrestling. So I, I, I knew that, uh, I would learn a lot from watching wrestling in the past, but I wanted to see what the wrestling was like at that particular time. And, you know, uh, recent, and, uh, I wanted to kind of copy and portray that. 
let's talk a little bit about, uh, the rock. He, uh, he makes some headlines here because he's teasing a departure for Hollywood full time. He's getting set to film the scorpion King. And he had an interview in premier magazine, which is really probably the first time he publicly stated that he was going to make a dive into Hollywood. He said, quote, absolutely. That's the first time I've ever said that, but yeah, making movies, you don't get the immediate reaction, but you're able to tell longer stories and it's great. Having during my, my first film, boy, this is what I want to do. You had worked with the rock a little bit. Did you have conversations with him about what he might want to do and whether or not he was going to do Hollywood full-time? No, rock never said anything about it, but when he left, I wasn't surprised. I mean, we knew he was going to be, be, be a big star and he parlayed into Hollywood and made a huge name out of himself. He actually benefited a lot of wrestlers because he opened up some doors for some of the wrestlers to do movies and TV shows. I was one of them. I, I got about eight movie roles and I was doing pretty well. And, uh, from some bad decisions I've made in the past, like my painkiller problem and my drinking problem. I had four DUIs in five years. I wiped out my reputation. So Hollywood stopped calling and I spent the last seven years staying clean and sober, getting my reputation back. And I've done a pretty good job of it, but you know, rock definitely opened doors for other wrestlers. Do you think there was, um, any resentment in the, in the office or the boys or from anyone in the organization? I mean, on the one hand, I think a lot of us would have the attitude of, oh man, that's great. Bigger and better opportunities for him. But this is also a weird subculture, if you will, where when a guy moves on fans will chant things like you sold out. And some of the guys in the back who are maybe frustrated with their spot would say, oh, we bust our ass all year. And then this guy comes in and takes our WrestleMania spot. So there is sort of a, a catch 22 to making a move like this. Did you hear any sort of pushback or was everybody like, man, I hope we can do that. I think everybody was more like, I want to do that too. Right. You know, Dwayne would come back and wrestle at WrestleManias, and he deserves that. The, 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 the career he had was, you know, unmatched. He was a very entertaining sports entertainer. And, uh, you know, we, some wrestlers did get upset when he would come back because he would main, mainly take the main event at WrestleMania. So, you know, the, the payoff for Dwayne at WrestleMania was really good. And, uh, some of the other wrestlers thought they might've missed out on a main event, uh, championship payoff. So I understand why they would be upset, but Dwayne earned it. And, uh, if he ever wants to come back, uh, if I was running WWE, I'd want him to come back every year. So he's a huge, he's a huge star. He's a, he's an A-list actor in Hollywood. One of the biggest stars there. And he still can go. So why not bring rock in? Let's talk a little bit about, uh, TSN. Uh, that's who's carrying Monday night raw for Canada and the Canadian broadcast standards council found that TSN had breached certain provisions based on WWE programming. And they used a hockey stick. They used a wrestling belt. They used metal chairs all to assault wrestlers. And that's not something you could show on Canadian TV. And I think there was maybe even some stuff that was a little too risque in the sexual innuendo department. Uh, you've talked about this before. You have this really interesting and unique clean cut character. Were you happy that some of this heat came down, hoping that maybe this would make the product a little more PG and that was maybe more your taste and your, your family background taste, or were you concerned 
Hey, that might start to affect the bottom line. I don't know if that's the right direction. Well, WWE during the attitude era was always being very risky. They were taking chances and that was just to create, you know, a buzz to get people talking about the show. You know, if you watch raw the night before you go to work the next day and you believe what happened at raw last night, I can't believe Kurt Angle did that to the rock. So, you know, when you get people talking about it, that draws ratings, ratings draw money. So it it does, it all makes sense. And, you know, being the clean cut character, I didn't have to do that stuff. So I was cool with it, but I understood why they did it. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. That's exactly right, Kurt. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ANGLE, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. There's a Gallup poll that comes out on April 20th that shows pro wrestling as the least popular among 11 other sports that were tested. And Meltzer would comment that that could not have come at a worse time for the industry. And of course, this is a time when... The XFL is about to be on its ass. WCW's out, ECW's out. So a lot of people do have questions about what the future of WWE is and professional wrestling as a whole is, uh, but they lumped it in with everything, pro football, baseball, college football, figure skating, college basketball, pro basketball, auto racing, ice hockey, tennis, golf. Uh, but it feels as if wrestling based on this poll from Gallup was starting to fall off a little bit. Were you noticing? Cause it's really weird. And I guess it's not like it's uh, you just flip a switch, but it's weird to have that conversation when just a moment ago we said, well, this is the biggest non-boxing pay-per-view in history for WrestleMania. Were you getting any indication that, okay, we've peaked and we're, and we're headed down or was that not even apparent yet? I mean, we knew the business would eventually go down. Uh, we were expecting it. it. You know, you could see it slowly go down. The pay-per-view buys. Yeah. We wouldn't be selling out every arena every night. So business did start to decline quite a bit. But 
um, it was still good. I, business was never bad when I was there and I was there till 2006 and, uh, you know, we still got great payoffs, not as good as during the attitude era, but we were still getting pretty good payoffs. Let's mention the, uh, the purchase of WCW. There's a lot of uh, rumors in this era that he's going to relaunch. So Vince McMahon is going to kick off a new show. Perhaps it's going to be on Saturday night and run from like 11 P to one a on TNN. Of course it doesn't happen, but supposedly there's a lot of discussion about that. Not only amongst talent relations, but amongst the boys. Do you remember anybody from the office ever talking to you about maybe we're going to try a WWE nitro or something like that on Saturday night? Well, no, nobody discussed it. I, I don't know if, uh, they were going to, uh, restart WCW, but you know, the thing is I would go wherever Vince wanted me to. If Vince is running WCW and ECW and WWE, it wouldn't matter where I went because Vince never did me wrong. So I, you know, honestly, as long as WWE and Vince McMahon owns the product, I feel secure. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, something that made me chuckle in our research. It was written Slayer is producing a new entrance song for test. They were given a choice to do a song for test or Kurt angle. And they felt they just couldn't do one for Kurt angle. What's your favorite Slayer album, Kurt? I, I'm not a fan of Slayer, <laughs> but, but I know they're pretty badass. A lot of the guys talk about them. I would have loved to have an entrance song from them, but I did love my entrance music. It fit me perfectly. That's tremendous. Let's talk about the build to your match here with Chris Benoit. The Raw after WrestleMania, April 2nd, Jericho is going to interfere in a whipping match between Stephanie and Trish. Stephanie demands he be punished. So Jericho is put against you and William Regal. And Heyman says on commentary, it's magnanimous of you to take time away from your rivalry with Benoit to help the commissioner. And, uh, you both end up beating Jericho and then Benoit comes out to make the save. I want to briefly talk about Paul Heyman here for a minute. He refers to you. He's uh, in the old Jerry Lawler seat as my Olympic hero. He's really embracing the over the top character and putting you over in a big way during this time. What do you think of his work on commentary compared to Jerry Lawler before him? You know, Paul's different. It's not quite the same. Jerry's more comical. Yeah. Paul's more of a serious commentator, but Paul's words are fluid. They make sense. He, uh, he's very articulate. He's one of the best commentaries I've, I've ever heard. And, and not only that, he's one of the best promo guys I've ever heard in the business. Paul Heyman knows how to put together a promo and he knows how to talk about wrestling better than anyone. He's very well educated in it. So, uh, let's talk about the April 5th edition of SmackDown Regal arranges a match with you and himself against Benoit in a handicap match. And Benoit was able to control the match at first. He got the upper hand on you both. And before long, you and Regal both lock your submission moves on Benoit. So Benoit's tapping out, but you're refusing to let go of the hold. And once again, Jericho does a run in to save the day. And we know what we're setting up the ultimate submission match, a 30 minute submission only iron man. And it's all happening at backlash. Is this a uh, Pat Patterson idea or how does a ultimate submission match come to fruition? Well, the creative team came up with it. They wanted us to continue our storyline after WrestleMania. They, uh, thought of a different type of match they wanted to do and 
They said, hey, we have two of the best technicians in the business. They're both submission experts. Let's put them together in a submission only match. And, you know, those matches are really tough to do, especially not having pinfall. Uh, you know, it's it's a different psychology, and the match is going to be a lot slower and methodical. On April 9th's Raw, you come out and say, your Olympic hero is feeling a little bit naked. Unlike the city here, Boston, I'm used to having a championship, uh, which is great stuff. And then you issue a challenge to any champion in the back to come out and put some gold on the line. Kane comes out. He's the hardcore champion, and we've got a hardcore match. Heyman points out it's the one championship you've never won. Eventually big show comes out to attack Kane, but then the undertaker comes out to save his brother. You get knocked out of the ring and big show gets pinned by Kane. And this all happens in your match. This is, uh, maybe one of your first tastes of the Olympic, uh, hardcore. Is that a thing? Olympic hardcore. what do you think of <laughs> the, the hardcore concept? I think it's a good gimmick. I mean, it is nothing but a gimmick. Uh, you know, yeah. I wouldn't put it up there with the intercontinental title and the world championship, but you know, it's a pretty cool thing to have. It's entertaining to watch, uh, every week, you know, something new happens and, uh, it's an easy way to book matches and, and, and it brings entertainment because it's hardcore. Anything can go. All right. I know what you're thinking. Is this about the time when Conrad tries to sell me a mortgage? Yep. SaveWithConrad.com can hook you up. And listen, I know you get tired of hearing these commercials, but you probably also get tired of seeing those big box lenders advertise on TV. They're not always all they're cracked up to be. So if you're going to think about maybe it's time to upgrade our house, maybe it's time to get a new house, take advantage of the hot real estate market, or perhaps take advantage of these great rates we've got right now and pay your house off faster, maybe consolidate some debt, you might feel like, well... I don't know if I can tell the wife that we need to use the wrestling podcast guy. Forget that. Brian was probably a little skeptical too up in Leland, North Carolina, but we hooked him up and he left a five-star review. Here's what he had to say. Unbelievable service and professionalism by first family. I tried to refile last year with a well-known home lender and had a disastrous experience. All lenders are not created equal and do not perform the same. First family was professional fast, knowledgeable, helpful, and save me money. Oh, and did I mention fast? Here are the facts. My first contact with them was on Monday, March 1st, and I closed on Tuesday, March 16th. 12 business days to do a refinance and close. Simply the best for mortgage services. Brian, thank you for that great five-star review, and thank you for your business. If you want to save some cash and you want to deal with the best, you got to go to savewithconrad.com. We can help you. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And it's not a matter of if we can save you money. I can save you money at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Make it happen right now with a free quick quote at savewithconrad.com. The April 12th episode of SmackDown, we see you, Regal, Edge, and Christian battling Benoit and Jericho. Uh, the baby faces look good, but the heels win with the numbers game, of course. And you hit the Olympic slam, which is one of the last times I think the announcers would actually call it that. Uh, and the next week on raw on April 16th, Regal puts you in a match with Jericho and himself against Benoit. You didn't like that until edge and Christian backstage, how unhappy you are with the new commissioner. You walk up, uh, and he's walking up behind you as you're talking bad about him, which is great stuff. Great TV. 
Christian is coughing and saying <clears throat> he's behind you. And, um, you tell him he should get that, that cough checked out. This has Brian's <laughs> fingerprints all over it. Am I wrong? Oh, you're right. It's all Brian Gewirtz. He, he was a genius writer. He knew my personality. I, I was kind of playing him. He's, he's a, you know, we, he's a nerd. Brian Gewirtz is a nerd. He's always been a nerd. He's been a wrestling fan his whole life. Went to Syracuse university to become a writer. And he's had a huge successful career, especially in WWE and obviously doing movies now. So, uh, yeah, but it had his name written all over it. <laughs> you, uh, you became pretty close, not only with Brian, but with edge and Christian. And I think you've even mentioned eventually Rhino would join the group and you guys would travel together. Any good road stories traveling with those guys? No good road stories, but the reason why we got along so well is because at the time, None of us drank alcohol or took drugs. Yeah. We had that in common. You know, we would just drive and listen to music and laugh and bullshit and go to the gym, go eat at the restaurant, then go to the arena, do our show, then go back to the hotel. We just entertained each other the whole time. And it, it was, it was a lot of fun, especially being away from your family for so long. You have to, you know, kind of group up another family that you can travel with on the road. And they were my family. We called ourselves team wreck. Yeah. Rhino edge, Christian Kurt. <laughs> I like it. Uh, the April 16th raw, you and Jericho are, are working a great physical contest. It looks like you're working uh, pretty snug. You battle to the outside, get the upper hand hitting Jericho with the ring bell. And Heyman says he has it on good authority that the IOC will allow Ring bell strikes in the 2004 Olympics, which is pretty good line from him. Uh, it's a good match while it lasts, but then of course, Regal comes out to attack Jericho and that interrupts the match after the match. Regal puts the Regal stretch on Jericho and, uh, you clench an ankle lock at the exact same time. And then Benoit comes out to stop the assault and we get a really unique spot here. Benoit Germans, you, and you do a full backflip and you land on a splash on Regal but they don't show it on the replay for some reason. Had you tried that before or are you doing it there live for the first time? That was my first time, I believe. And, you know, we were trying to think of a spot that would take out William Regal and myself at the same time. And Chris loved to do Germans. So I told Chris, throw me straight in the air and I'll do a flip over and land on Regal. And he threw me perfectly. And the spot was just perfect. Couldn't have been better. After the break, Benoit and Regal have their match, but you're still in the ring and Jericho comes back out. Eventually Benoit makes Regal tap. And so far we've started to make Benoit look really strong in this program. Does anybody come to you and say, Hey, Kurt, you're a top guy. You're in that upper echelon. You've been our world champion. We want you to, uh, help us get Benoit there. Is that something that's expressed that explicitly, or are you just putting it together based on the booking? I was just putting it together based on the booking. I mean, I, I did beat Benoit at WrestleMania 17, and I did need to return the favor because Chris is an exceptional wrestler. He belongs in the main event consistently. And back in 2001, he wasn't a consistent main eventer. He was, you know, bouncing in and out of it. But I'd say by 2002, he was a full-time main eventer, and that's where he deserved to be. SmackDown on April 19th would see you host what's basically a submission clinic. You're going to demonstrate your wrestling prowess against some enhancement style guys. And then Benoit sneaks up behind you and ends up putting you in the cross face, which you tap out to, but it's not a match. So it didn't count. And then the go home raw for backlash is on April 23rd, 
Regal would make a tag team submission match between all four of you. And the tag match on raw seems cut short. This is the match where it was reported. You got a stinger. Uh, Benoit would make Regal tap out to the crossface, And the trend here is the crossface is over. It's a dangerous move. And at this point, it's the only thing that had ever made you tap. How important is it for a top guy to have a quote unquote finishing maneuver? That is, uh, for lack of a better word over with the audience. Well, it's what the audience identifies you with that, that submission holder, that pinfall is what they identify you with and you have to protect it. So you don't want to use it a lot for false finishes because when you do that, the fans won't buy into it anymore. And then you don't have a finish. So you got to be very careful about how many times you do it in a match and how many times you have an opponent kick out, but it means everything. Your finish move is the most important thing to your character. Let's talk about the match itself. The day of the show, it's April 29th, 2001, the Allstate arena in Chicago, you know, Chicago, it's a sellout 15,592 fans. The gate is still super strong. $831,510, nearly another 144,000 in merchandise. It's billed as the 18th sellout in a row in Chicago. I think we've talked about this before, but in my opinion, Chicago is probably the premier town for wrestling in America. Would you agree with that? Without a doubt. I think Chicago might've surpassed New York and that's hard for me to say because New York is our home. That's where WLB started and that's, you know, where they got their name from. And, but Chicago was just, every time we went there, it was sold out. Fans were so enthusiastic. It was a no-brainer to to book at least four or five shows a year there because we knew we'd sell out every time. I also want to point out this show is perhaps the first sign that things are changing. The prior year, this show did six hundred and seventy-five thousand buys. This show here does three hundred and seventy thousand. So you're down three hundred thousand buys year over year. And let's remember, this is one month after the largest non-boxing pay-per-view ever, WrestleMania 17. It did over a million. So while the gate is strong, it does feel like the interest has cooled off. In hindsight, do you think this is just the nature of the business? You sort of mentioned earlier that the business is cyclical. Or how much of this could be contributed to Steve Austin turning heel and the fans not being ready for that? Well, it might have contributed to it. I mean, Austin should have never turned heel. I thought he should have been the baby because he was not stale as a baby face. He was still red hot. But, you know, the company wanted to make some moves and they wanted to do something different. But, you know, business wasn't so bad. I mean, you know, we might have, the pay-per-view buys might have been, you know, 60% of it was a year before. Uh, but, we were still doing good numbers. They were they were very respectful numbers. Three hundred seventy five thousand pay per view buys is still pretty good. You know the paydays are going to still pretty be pretty strong. And we were selling out arenas still, so business was still good. It just wasn't as good as it was the year prior. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. I know what you're thinking. This guy has another podcast. Listen, I get it, but let me explain for years. I've been asked, 
if you could have a podcast with anyone in wrestling today, who would it be? And I've been consistent that one of those names was Jeff Jarrett. Now hear me out here. Jeff Jarrett is a third generation promoter. He grew up in the Memphis territory, broke in the business in 86, won the intercontinental and walked out on Vince McMahon in 95. He jumped ship to start working with the horsemen in 96 and then told the world what he really thought about Austin 316 in 98. He held up Vince McMahon for a ton of cash in 99 and jumped ship again to become world champion in 2000. And then on the final night of the Monday night war, the only ever raw nitro simulcast, he was publicly fired by Vince McMahon in 2001. So without a job in wrestling, he decides to embrace his family heritage as a promoter and create jobs himself and started his own promotion in 02. And then a former WCW employee who was on his team committed fraud that nearly bankrupted both him and his father. So he found an angel investor of sorts who wound up being indicted on one of the largest financial schemes in American history. With both of those guys facing prison time, he met with a public relations firm in Nashville to figure out how to save face only to find out the lady he was talking to had billionaire parents. And that's when things got really crazy. If Jeff Jarrett's life story were a movie script, nobody would believe it. Conrad, welcome to my world. Hear my story like you've never heard it before. Unfiltered and uncensored for the very first time. From Memphis to the WWF, WCW, TNA, and everywhere in between, nothing is off limits in my world. Subscribe today and don't miss My World with Jeff Jarrett, Tuesdays on Westwood One. I'll tell you this, the the reviews for this show are mixed as well. The readers in the Wrestling Observer gave the show only 33.6% thumbs up, uh, 23.7% thumbs down, and the majority... 42.7% 42.7% thought it was a thumbs in the middle show, but the majority also thought you and Benoit had the best match that night. You guys got 104 votes. Second place, believe it or not, was Raven versus Rhino with 69 votes. So it's a strong crowd. It's a big sellout. It's America's favorite wrestling town, Chicago, and you guys steal the show, but the fans at home, they don't really love the show. What do you remember about that night besides your match? Was it a hot crowd? The crowd, well, for Chris and I, it wasn't so hot, but there was a reason for that. Um, we, we didn't have a scoreboard, I see. A, a clock and you know, the amount of submissions Chris and I got on each other. So it was really hard to follow our match without a, without a timer and without the amount of submissions that we had on each other. And, uh, it just was real. We were, we were working uphill the whole time to, to make it a success. And we had the right psychology with a, with a submission only match. You want the baby face to go down a couple of submissions. So he's trailing and that's how you get the fans emotionally involved in the match is they're going to cheer the baby face on to make his comeback and try to surpass the heel. And, uh, so we did everything right. It was the right psychology and we, Put the match together. We had an incredible match. I thought it wasn't our best match, but it was pretty strong. And, uh, I just think that, you know, people did enjoy it. They just weren't as vocal. And, you know, when you look at the pay-per-view, uh, th- that's not a good rating, uh, with the thumbs up and thumbs yeah. down, especially the thumbs in the middle. 
uh, especially for a pay-per-view because that's that's when we put on our best performances and you know rhino and uh raven i think is what you said was second yep um they were you know they got half of our votes so we we dominated the pay-per-view yeah chris and i and uh that that shows that maybe it wasn't as good of a car as it should have been Let's, uh, let's talk about your match. You're on fourth that night and the match begins with a scramble of sorts for submission moves. And it looks almost like a, uh, a shoot amateur contest, but the goal is you're going to grapple into a submission and Meltzer would be, uh, he loves this type of stuff. He writes, of course, the mat work was very good. Even in Japan and work shoots where there's a lot of mat work done and they don't do pinfalls or near falls. They always balance it out by allowing knockouts. Which stiff blows were used to counter the mat work and set up working in the submission in the build. Even the best submission guys in Japan need the hard striking to set it up and make it work. And only the best go 30 minutes to an educated crowd. So he's trying to, I guess, lay the groundwork that perhaps in Japan, the rules would have been a little different, but the audience would have been more ready to receive it. Perhaps in this era where we have Jeff Hardy jumping off of ladders and Raven hitting people with trash cans in the head, uh, maybe they don't, maybe they're not as into this or as educated for this or as ready for this. Is that a fair criticism that maybe on that particular night, they didn't really understand all of the groundwork and they were, they love the characters. They love the story, but the mat work was maybe over their head a little bit. You mean the mat work Chris and I did? Yes. Well, you know, we, we did a lot of amateur style wrestling at the beginning of the match. And, right. You know, it was, it was really different and, you know, I would initiate a move and Chris would, um, counter and I would leave openings for him to get his crippler cross face in. So I was floating with Chris and leading him through an amateur wrestling match where you can't really plan it. You have just to go, you have to go just by instinct and reaction. And, uh, it was a great little, uh, trade-off. I thought it was really awesome. But as a fan, you don't really understand the scoring of amateur wrestling. And, and, you know, if you take a guy down and, you know, you, the fans all know that's two points, you know, it's, it's hard to explain to the fans that are pro wrestling fans, but you know, anytime a guy gets is underneath, they know the guy on top's at more of an advantage, but they don't understand the amateur wrestling aspect of it. But I thought the move set and everything we did was pretty cool. Let's talk about, uh, an an interesting spot here. Benoit does get the cross face on you, but you guys are on the outside and you're tapping out, but because you're on the outside, it doesn't count. Doesn't count. And so eventually Benoit's arguing with the referee about that. You get angry and grab a steel chair. Uh, eventually you get the first tap out with a knee bar. And when Benoit taps, the crowd pops. And that's kind of interesting because you're the bad guy. Uh, but I think they just were excited to see something happen here. But I, I do want to mention to your point, that's not the end of the match. We're going 30 minutes sort of iron man style. So it's who can get more submissions and Heyman would do his best to explain that Meltzer would write Heyman did a good job in explaining that taps would be quicker in this match. He didn't quite say because the match continues and you have to go 30 it's suicide to avoid tapping because you'll be a dead duck for the rest of the match with an injured joint. But he tried to explain the psychology of it. I'm with you. I think in hindsight, Kurt, if there was a scoreboard, uh, and there was like a, a scoreboard that had not only the number of submissions, but the timer, 
you could really level that up, but I don't know that the audience and the commentary and the matchmakers were perhaps all on the same page because that didn't happen. Right? No, it didn't. If you were watching at home, you had a scoreboard and you had the amount of submissions up on the TV right? and you had commentary explaining everything. So the match was a lot more exciting at home than it was in the arena. I don't think they explained it enough when they decided to do that match that night. And, you know, they, I know they had Howard uh, Finkel come out and explain the rules of the match, but the fans aren't really listening to Howard. You know, once he says, welcome to the WWE raw, you know, the, you know, fans get all rowdy and they don't really listen after that. So it, it was, it was a tough thing to do at, you know, it was, it was really difficult to put that match together and uh, make it make sense for the fans there because they weren't able to see anything that would show proof of how much time was left or how many submissions we had on each other. The next, uh, pinfall, I guess, or the next, uh, yeah, we'll call it a pinfall is an arm bar. Benoit gets this one. So you had the first one. Now Benoit is going to tie it up one apiece. We don't call it an arm bar here though. That's what we would call it in 2021. Cause we're all familiar from watching UFC. That's what it is. But in pro wrestling, it's referred to in this era as a cross arm breaker. And Meltzer didn't think the crowd understood this because they've never seen anyone on WWE TV tap out to that before. This is a weird era because the UFC doesn't really become a household thing for another four five or six years, uh, with Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell and the ultimate fighter. And that really leveled up, uh, fans at home's knowledge of jujitsu and submissions and all that. But here in 2001, were you concerned? Nobody taps out in wrestling to an arm bar or were you game for that? I was game for it because we couldn't continue to use our submissions. Right. Uh, if we use them too much, we prostitute them. And, you know, and, and, and at the same time, it doesn't make sense. If I put 50 ankle locks on Benoit and he only taps out twice, yeah, it makes my move look like shit. Yes. And same thing with Chris. So we needed a various amounts, various amounts of submissions that we could use outside of our own submissions. To keep the match interesting, to keep it more exciting, and to not to just go back to your submission hold that we use regularly and prostitute it. Do you find yourself making that long commute home, listening to your favorite wrestling podcast, only to realize half your trip was hearing way too many ads just like this one? Then I have a solution for you. Adfreeshows.com. Maybe you've often wondered what it would be like to actually see Kurt Angle's face as he talks through one of his many epic wrestling matches. Guess what? You can, and it's only at adfreeshows.com. Adfreeshows.com is the be-all, end-all for wrestling fans. Whether you like to listen or watch, you can do it early and ad-free right now and find out why everyone that joins says, why didn't I do this sooner? An annual subscription could be the perfect birthday, Mother's Day, or Father's Day gift. So put it on your list and head on over to adfreeshows.com now to see what all the buzz is about. At about the uh, 20-minute mark, Benoit's going to shove the referee down, and it seems like a DQ moment, but while the ref is down, you blast him with a chair, and then the ankle lock gives you fall number three at 1940. At 1855, almost immediately after the 30 second recovery period, 
you get another fall with the crippler crossface. So at this point, you're up three to one. And Meltzer would say noticeable cheers for angle live at this point, since he beat Benoit with his own move, who comes up with that idea. Now I'm going to use your finish on you. Well, Benoit came up with it. He, he thought that we should trade off and use each other's finish holds. And, uh, it was a great idea. I think it's the first time Chris and I actually did it. And, uh, we can continue to do that later on in the future because it worked out so well and the fans responded to it. And, uh, it was, a, it was a really cool spot to make Chris tap out to his own submission hold. Uh, on the road to the next fall, you take a back body drop over the top rope and you do a full 360 over your head too. It looks pretty impressive and even gets a replay. Is it just me or did you not take very many uh, bumps over the top rope backwards in your career? No, I'm a wuss. <laughs> I'm afraid to go backward over top of the rope. I, I always have to turn, uh, before I head over, but yeah, I just, I was always scared of doing it. I never, I never really learned how it's amazing to me that a guy who will climb to the top of the tallest cage in the room <laughs> and flip backwards is nervous about going over the top rope backwards. Well, going over the top rope isn't high enough to go backward. <laughs> I know I'm going to do the full flip on top of a cage. <laughs> Next up, Benoit tries a sharpshooter and that causes Jr. to uh, make reference to the Hart family, but you make the ropes. Uh, and this is still during the time where Brett was mortal enemies with the company. So that's a much bigger deal in this era than it is now at 1155 Benoit gets the tap with a half Boston crab, which looks like a, a version of Jericho's lion tamer. And then at this point, Benoit's down two to three, but your your strategy at this point changes. You're no longer trying to score submissions. Now you're trying to retreat because if time runs out and it's three to two, you win. Meltzer would write ahead three to two angle started stalling with no clock and scoreboard. The live fans didn't seem to get the story and they were telling a logical stalling story and riding the clock. Ross with his sports background did a very good job of getting that across to the TV viewers, which is why this match played so much better on TV. Um, boy, in hindsight, this feels like a teachable moment for the company in the future. When you did some sort of beat the clock thing like this, would you always ask, Hey, are we doing a scoreboard this time and just bring it to their attention in case someone in the production truck forgot? Yes. Uh, I did some Kurt angle challenges where I had five minute challenge and we all, we always had a clock. So we learned from our mistake and we moved on at six minutes and 10 seconds. Benoit tries to grab an ankle lock, but it's pretty messy. And you escape to the ropes at just about two minutes and five seconds. Benoit gets the tap out with the ugly ankle lock. And now it's all tied up three to three and you get the ankle lock on him as the match countdown ends and Benoit's tapping, but it's after the bell. The referee declares that we have to go to overtime and the match must continue. You're crying, but you do have a legitimate gripe. You get a twister on Benoit on the ground, which is a legitimate move, but the fans here have never seen it. It's like a ground abdominal stretch. And after a scramble, Benoit gets you in the crossface and wins. what did you think when this is all over and the bell rings, were you pleased with it? Were you frustrated with it? what did you think of this one? I was pleased with it after I watched it back on TV. I wasn't pleased with it because I didn't really get, we didn't really get the crowd into the match as well as it was put together and, and executed. 
we didn't get the response that we were thought we thought we were going to get from them. And it had a lot to do with just the clock, not being there. And that, yeah. that was our issue. Uh, if we would have had that, I, I definitely would have been, you know, I would have said that our match was the best match uh, of the whole pay-per-view and we would have probably had more votes uh, for the best match, but you know, it just kind of sucked that we didn't have the clock. Let's uh, mention that the match got uh, three and a quarter stars from Meltzer. And he had this to say, while angle versus Benoit got the majority of votes for best match, there was something missing. The match played much better on TV than it did live. And that was because of the commentary. The bottom line is that as great Matt wrestlers as both men have proven to be, this was just too long and it was too much of a handicap to eliminate near falls. This was a match that would have played much better during the seventies in the United States. But even then they had two counts to play with or in Japan where the submission moves are more over the crossface and the ankle lock spots got the crowd to react, but moves like knee locks and arm bars haven't been pro wrestling submission moves on WWF TV and the crowd wasn't educated to them without the ability to use gimmicks, do near falls and break tables. 30 minutes was too long for this live crowd. The most false concept works against the match because fans still see the top guys don't tap out. And these guys did three or four times in one night. I don't think anyone would argue that neither man really got over regardless of technical skill or who won or lost. So I think Meltzer makes some great points. He doesn't bring up your scoreboard thing, but I think you're onto something there in a big way. Do you think in hindsight, it did hurt the match, not having a regular pinfall? you know, the one, two kick out moments in the match. Does that take away the psychology or the build of the, the roller coaster ride you try to take fans on? Oh, without a doubt. You take away pinfalls. You're taking away most of the match that the pinfalls are the exciting moments in the match. Yeah. And you know, having a submission match, it becomes slower. You have a guy in a submission. There's not a one, two, three count. So you're just holding off and trying not to submit. And the fans are, you know, wondering if you're going to, but you know, it's, it's hard to get into when, uh, when you don't have the, uh, into the match, when you don't have the, the near falls, uh, that really helps the psychology of the match. That's what makes it more exciting and to not have pinfalls to just have submission made it that much harder to have a match like that. In hindsight, if you had this to do over again, would you have wanted a straight submission match? Or do you think that this was one of those ideas that was perhaps better on paper? I would have done it still. I, I, I love challenges. I believed in Chris and I, that we would hit it off. And, uh, I didn't have any doubt in my mind. I just wish we would have had a clock. I really think that was the main issue. When you come back through the curtain, is it high fives all around where the agents happy was Vince happy was Chris Benoit happy. We were all happy. I, I enjoyed working with Chris and Vince, you know, said, great job guys. Again, great job. He said to me, I believe you guys always have great matches and I'm very thankful. And, you know, he, he always said, thank you after I wrestled my matches. And I thought that was really cool. Let's jump to some questions. By the way, if you've got a question, you can ask it on Twitter and boy, we've got a great show for you next week. We're giving you guys the keys to the show. You can ask Kurt anything you want. I can't believe that's real, but we're opening it up for ask Kurt anything. Uh, and it's easy for you to ask our questions here on the show. If you want to participate again, just follow us on Twitter, uh, at the angle pod. Let's jump right into it. 
Michael McClanahan wants to know what two modern WWE wrestlers do you believe could have an ultimate submission match today? AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan are two best technicians in the business today. They are without about a doubt, the two best technicians and, uh, they both have very strong submission holds. They would have an incredible match. I don't know that they had a clock. (laughs) Yes. Gotta have a clock. I can't believe that you and Michael, I didn't want to tell you Michael's choices. I I said, I don't want to bias him. Let me just ask open-ended and you both landed on the same two guys. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, Jay Cal says, uh, strictly focusing on Benoit's in-ring ability, where would you rank him out of all Canadian technical wrestlers, including today's modern wrestling? Um, that's a great question, uh, because you know, the Bret Hart's the Owen Hart's there's so many guys that, I mean, I, th- I know you had the one match with Owen or the handful, whatever it was, but you didn't spend a lot of time with him and you didn't ever get to wrestle Bret, but Benoit's always in that list somewhere. Where would you put him as far as great Canadian technical wrestlers? Top three, right up there with Brett and Owen. Yeah. I, I really believe that those three are, might be the three premier guys that have come out of Canada that have done extremely well. Uh, they're all very gifted. Canadian wrestlers are all good. They're, 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 they have a very good reputation and, uh, it has a lot to do with, you know, the heart foundation and, uh, the, the, the dungeon that they trained in yep. and you know, their, their, uh, father that really, you know, kind of guided them. So, yep. um, you know, Ben was up there with them. Definitely. Uh, Jay newsman three says if Kirk could choose anyone, who would he face in an Ironman match? Bret Hart, without a doubt. I would love to go one go with Bret Hart. It'd have to be a 60 minute Ironman match. The longer, the better. I want to with Brett book it. That's that's tremendous. Uh, his follow-up question is, can Kurt compare working with Brock and working with Benoit during an Ironman match? That's a great question. You had Ironman matches with both, but two totally different styles. Well, Brock's more powerful and explosive. He's just a beast and, uh, he's a great athlete. He can jump high. He's, he's, he's one of the best athletes, 300 pound athletes I've ever seen. Chris is more technical and he's, um, more of a, uh, intense wrestler. He has a high intensity where he goes at a high rate, the whole match, you got to keep up with him. It's really difficult, but they're both very, uh, very strong wrestlers. They both have their own advantages and, uh, they're both exceptional. Well, what else is exceptional is chicken snacks, pull up physically fit.com on your computer right now. If you haven't already, uh, our social media is absolutely blowing up with listeners of our show here who are trying it and absolutely love it. You're going to see a ton about healthy snacks there. You can click where to buy. And as I've mentioned a few times here, I've got three within driving distance. One that's just 2.3 miles away from me. But at the bottom of that, you can click order online. They ship to 48 States right now. And Kurt, you've got a ton of flavors, Buffalo wing and blue cheese, pizza, jalapeno ranch. Uh, you got sweet barbecue. You got Sriracha. You got Kung Pao. You got cinnamon swirl. There's something for everybody here, right? Without a doubt. And they're all incredibly tasty. Um, there isn't one I don't like. I absolutely love all 11 flavors. And uh, we even have plant protein, organic plant protein. They're called smart snacks. So you can get them at physicallyfit.com. Uh, I believe the code is angle pod. Yep. Uh, you can get 20% off. And uh, if you want, you know, order as many as you want and you still get the full 20% off. So 
Uh, go to physicallyfit.com to order yours today. That's exactly right. So if you order 10 bags, you order one bag, you order a hundred bags, you use angle pod and you get 20% off your entire order. And by the way, I want to mention, uh, you got 10 grams of protein per serving here and zero sugar. So yes, it is a snack, but this is a healthy snack, right? Kurt? Yes. Without a doubt. It's, it's one of the healthiest snacks on the market, high protein, low carbohydrate, the only one that has a little bit of carbs in it, and it's more for kids, is our cinnamon swirl. It's still a healthy choice, but it has a little bit of sugar in it just to keep the kids happy. It tastes like cinnamon toast crunch. It's awesome. And it's a favorite at the Angle household. I think Mrs. Angle's favorite, right? <laughs> yes, hers and the kids. Yes, without a doubt. I love buffalo wing and blue cheese. That's my favorite, and it's the cleanest one. It's the one highest in protein and lowest in carbs. I like, uh, the Sriracha one, whatever you like, you can find it at physicallyfit.com. Uh, again, you can click wh- where to order locally. So you can just go pick up some today from a store nearby you or save yourself 20% and just use our special promo code AnglePod. You'll get 20% off. By the way, speaking of good deals, KurtAnglebrand.com, dude, you got shirts, you got cameos, you got birthday cards, you got cowboy hats, you got milk cartons. And it's all way more affordable than I think anybody else in your space. And it's at KurtAnglebrand.com. Uh, did, did somebody like negotiate a, a bulk buy? <laughs> how, how did, how did you get this so affordable, dude? Some of these things are 20 something dollars. Others are only 30 something dollars. That's not normally the case when you're ordering stuff like this. Well, I try to keep it affordable for my fans and I appreciate, uh, you know, everything they've done for me, all their support. And it's a one way that I can say thank you back. And by the way, here's something that I don't think anybody in Kurt's position does. He does special autograph requests. Here's what I mean. If you don't really want a birthday card, or you don't really need a cowboy hat, but you've got a great picture that you took of Kurt, or maybe you had your picture made with Kurt years ago at a meet and greet, and you want that picture autographed, they can actually line that up at KurtAnglebrand.com right now as well. Right, Kurt? Yes. You can, uh, send your photo to my address and, uh, you know, we asked for a small donation, for charity, but, um, you know, if you have a photo that, uh, that we took together or something that you want me to sign, go ahead and send it and, uh, I'll sign it for you. Check it out right now. If you haven't already, it's Kurt uh, until next time I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. We are at the angle pod and we're out of time. Be sure to take back next week. We're going to let you guys ask all the questions and, uh, you probably want to get some snacks while you're listening. It's physically fit.com. Next week, right here on the Kurt Angle Show. What if you could pay off all your credit card debt, a home equity line of credit, and knock eight years off of your loan? It sounds too good to be true, but Save with Conrad can do it for you. Seriously, that's an actual story from someone who listens to this podcast just like you. If you have a home equity line of credit, if you're in a 30-year loan, or you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Just ask Selby in North Carolina. We hooked them up. They left us a five-star review and had this to say. Jimmy and Jennifer were great to work with. We knocked eight years off our mortgage and paid off our home equity loan and credit cards. Would recommend them to everyone. And right now, we can help more families than ever before. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Seriously, the worst case scenario is... You spend 10 minutes and we give you the peace of mind that you've got the best deal for your family. That's what my family wants to do for you right now over at SaveWithConrad.com. But what if we could knock eight years off your loan? Think about that. You know to the penny what your house payment is. 
Now multiply it by 12 payments a year times eight years. That's our gargantuan sum of money. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. That's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how you can do it right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. You know, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and moms are the most special people in the world. My mom means everything to me. She was the one I won an Olympic gold medal in 1996. But you can't exactly get your mom a gold medal for Mother's Day. But you know what you can get her? A gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. The gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers is the perfect gift. These are beautiful. They last forever and come with a lifetime warranty. It doesn't need water and never dies. They have a lot of different types, too. You might go with a rose gold dip rose. How about a platinum dip rose? So many choices. And it even comes with a personalized gift message. You could write a message like, Hi, Mom. Thanks for watching me win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Love, Kurt. Okay, maybe not that, but you get the idea. You've heard about them for years, right? I hate Steven Singer ads, billboards, and I hate com. Let me tell you more about them. Steven Singer Jewelers are real jewelers, selling real jewelry and, yes, real roses. They have a real brick-and-mortar store in Philadelphia, and they do everything through that store. So when you call them, you're speaking to someone at their store in Philly, not at a call center. I like dealing with Steven Singer Jewelers because there are no gimmicks. They have the perfect prize every day. There aren't any sales, codes, discounts. Basically, there's no BS. It's true. No, really. I'm not just saying my catchphrase here. It's actually true. You will be happy you bought from Steven Singer Jewelers. They've got top value and quality. They treat their customers great. They're upfront people. Visit IHateStevenSinger.com or just go to Google and type in Steven Singer. Spell just like it sounds. Give your wife, girlfriend, mother, daughter, grandma, or anyone else in your life a gift that will last forever with Steven Singer Jewelers. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.